You're listening to Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast, a championship-caliber pro sports podcast based in Buffalo, New York, with your hosts, EZD, Derek Jaws, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaturski, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, Bold Claim, Ben Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. Hats, Tats, and Stats is part of the BICBP Radio Network. Check us out online at www.bicbp-radio.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. I am EZD, and I am joined by the return of the Mac Big Diesel Mac Truck. Ha! It all fits. What's Back up, buddy? Back at it like a crack addict. Oh, man, we are doing it. It's been a while. It has. It's been a couple, two, three minutes. Yeah, we... Uh you know, we took a few weeks off because it is it is the busy time of the year. Yep. Uh, you're coaching lacrosse, I'm coaching baseball, and Ben's doing Ben things. And yeah, well, that not, never stops. Uh, we we have we have missing posters out for Taylor. Uh, yeah, Austin, is he alive and well? Yes, I believe so. Okay, uh, we we talked the other day. Okay, good. But uh, you know, Austin and I have been really grinding to get at least producers in every week. Uh, Matt Johnson filled in last week for us to help us get yeah, back Matt's on the ground. Yeah, Matt's always always big help. Uh, yeah, always him. always down to help, and uh, you know he's part of the two point conversation as you guys heard last week, part of the BICBP Radio Network. But we are back here on hats, tats, and stats, doing it our doing our thing our way. So, uh, bro, the Sabers are a wagon, the biggest wagon since since the Oregon Trail. I mean, uh, confirmed, I mean, right? Yeah, we tweeted it. It's got to be true. I, we, and, don't, we don't we yeah. don't treat click, we don't tweet clickbait. It's not how we roll. That's that's true. I mean, but just because we believe it doesn't mean it's true. That's fair. But, but it is. But this true. is true. This is true. This is true. Um, I mean, in all reality, I've been saying a couple things that really hindered the Sabers from having a real season. One, Matias Samuelson got hurt in preseason. Ever since he's been here, he has been a stud on the blue line. I mean, you want to talk about what Ristolainen was supposed to be. You want to talk about the six foot five shutdown defenseman who can move the puck, but like also when you got four guys jumping in the play, he's back and he can shut down a two on one, a three on one. Matias Samuelson's your guy. He's a beast and he's 23, 22. He's the we, same age as Darlene. We are very young. Yeah. Our whole blue line is 25 or younger. So, yeah. um, well, at least a couple of games ago it was, um, Matias Samuelson was hurt. So he, he missed the first 30-something games of the year, then went down to Rochester to get conditioning. Middlestack got hurt game one of the year. All right, Since he's gotten back into game shape, he's been legit, and we have two legit lines now. Because Tuck, Skinner, Thompson is a legit first line. And now, granted, Tuck, again, also came halfway through the year, but right. that was going to happen regardless just because of the Eichel situation. We can talk about those pieces separately. But the two injuries here, Samuelson and Middlestat, on top of the fact that we had to use seven goalies... And Aaron Dell, ECHL's finest, who slew foot slash body checked one of Ottawa's star players and blew up his knee and didn't even apologize. We had to, <laughs> and he immediately got waved by us because he was garbage too. Right. But like, I mean, we used seven goalies, didn't have a stud blue liner, didn't have our second line center, and we were middling. And we hey. got all of that back. And the boys are buzzing, man. And, I mean, you've been and on... we made the Eichel deal on top of that. So all right. of that kind of meshed together at the same time. Donnie Meatballs might be a wizard, unconfirmed. I, I, I think he is. I mean, who looks at I, I, who looks at a giant winger who's struggled defensively with a great release, um, but doesn't really possess the puck or do anything, and says, "You know what? Let's stick him at center," and then the guy just explodes, just clicks. Tage Thompson out. is having an unbelievable. He we has, got four games. He, he could hit 40. He has as many points as Eichel had his enti- in a single season in his goals. entire career. Go- goals, yes. Goals. Sorry. 
Yeah, don't get into points because yeah. he doesn't have the assists, which is fine. I don't care about yeah, that. You need goal scorers. Yeah, like put the puck in the net, brother. You know, I don't. I don't care how many guys you have that can set up, set things up. If you can't put it in the net, well, then none yeah, of that matters. Here's, here's the thing too: is two guys on the first line now are thirty goal scorers, right. Skinner and Thompson. Which is nice. Puck has only played almost fifty games, and he's at t- about twenty. It's it's nice to see Skinner kind of back in the fold again. Well, I he, mean, he had that one good year. We paid him, and then he kind of. So, so here we are. I'm going to drop this quote on the viewership. Oh, boy. Not safe for work, but one of the greatest quotes I've heard. I have never seen a career publicly raped like Jeff Skinner under Ralph Kruger. Dash Michael Yelich, 2020. Totally fair. Because not only did he just stick him on the fourth line, give him like nine minutes a night and say, wow, he's not scoring. Then chastise him when he finally does score. And then it's about time. make him a healthy scratch. Put him on the taxi squad right? with rookies. Oh, boy. Yeah, you know, Donnie comes in. Jeff goes back to the first line. You put him with talent. Next thing you know, he's got 30 goals. If Tuck played the whole year with Skinner and Thompson, we would have three 30-goal scorers on a first line. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Toronto doesn't have that. <laughs> golf Leaf Golfs. Yeah. Or Golf like, You know, but golf. they're they're one of the top offensive teams in the league. And unless they so, play unless they're playing us. Well, we have a great game plan for them, and that shout out to Donnie Meatballs. And, and again, he might be a wizard. He's very good. I'll tell you what, it is this dude is everything we heard Ralph was. Ralph was. You know, the great motivator, right? Yeah. The the guy who was gonna go and inspire these guys. You know, I've I've been watching hockey. Because they're they're fun to watch again. Yeah, I've been tuning in, and the thing I'm noticing they're gritty. Oh, they, yeah, they, like they they don't quit. You know, the, the the team with you know Kruger's teams, you'd see them give up a goal or two, and it was over. Like yeah. you knew if they didn't score first, it was, it was over. over. <laughs> and even when they scored first, if they didn't score next, it was over. Like and they're like. They would build. There were games they built three and four goal leads, and you still sat there and went, "Oh, we're gonna lose." Yep. Like yep. the this team. I mean, they they said it the other night they went down two nothing. They went in the locker room, and from the, some of the reports, Donnie Meatballs didn't even have to say anything. They took it personal that they were down two nothing well, and stormed back. For I would four take goals. it personal if I was down two nothing to Philly too. They're right. very bad this year. Right, and they shipped out literally all of their old vets who were half well, decent. But and but that's the difference between right. last year's team, the last well, couple of years, and this year. And I'll say this too, because like you're right, they're gritty, but it's it's a mindset thing too, and part of it is just the fact that a lot of our young guys are actually men now. So the the book on Dalene used to be he's supremely talented. And if you chase stick, if you chase whatever he's doing, you're going to have a bad time. But you put body on body, he's going to get frustrated. He's going to shut down. Right. So it used to be just get in the corner, whack him a couple times. Now he's going to get rid of the puck quick, and we can just, like, sit back. Right. Um, this year, and after he had a, he had a tough start to the year, yeah. especially defensively. But he started working with Dan Girardi, and, and Donnie got him on that. And ever since, it's the subtle physical game. And Middlestat has done it, too, because Middlestat – now, granted – I just saw it the other night, too. Middlestad is now 195. When we rushed him into the league at 19, he's 23 now, at 19, he was the same height he was, but 175. And everyone was like, this kid is too weak, he's too small, he's too this, he's too that. Grows up. Granted, he comes off an injury, and he's working his ass off in the weight room to get back. Right. But now he's 195, he comes back, and it's the subtle, I just put the hip there, bump the guy, and I have my hands free, and I can make a play. It's not going in and blasting a dude. Right. But Dowling's doing the same thing. It's behind the net. I just have to put my hand out, be slightly physical with the guy, puts myself in a better position, 
And it's again, it's not going in and blasting people. We do have guys who can do that. Dylan sure. Cousins is pretty decent at that. <laughs> Samuelson, Casey Fitzgerald is one of my favorite blue liners. Not because he's like supremely talented, but he's just so scrappy and he's good positionally and he puts body on body every time. Um, like we have those guys, right. but it's the guys who are the finesse players who are using the the body in a hockey way. Well, and you've you've been a big middle stat truther for a long time, and, and we've said this a bunch of times on the show about how you can't judge a kid on when he's 19, 20, 21 years old because he's a kid. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of guys don't hit their athletic peak till I mean, and, and probably running backs are the only position that this is untrue for no just joke. because of the wear and tear. Right. But most guys don't hit their stride until they're 24, 25, 26, 27. Right. Like, we're, and we're expecting that type of production and that kind of physicality out of a 19-year-old. Right. I mean... I'm 34, going to be 35. You put me against your average 19-year-old on a football field, I'm going to win. Yeah. Just Size. because I'm stronger. Size, like, weight, the whole thing. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, there's, you, not, there's not much you can do. And that, that, and you're right, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, 20 pounds of difference in, five, in four years. I mean, and, that's, and we're not talking just a casual 20. We're talking 20 pounds right. of, like, of, of, of dude. Yeah, like, I mean, it, honestly, and you looked at Mitzi, and everybody called him weak, and he couldn't do his pull-up at his thing. And you know what? Even when he was 19, he was a doughy 19-year-old. That's baby fat, man. That's right. every kid. Every I, kid. I mean, it, you know, playing college sports, you know, the freshmen come in, 18, 19-year-old kids, and they're doughy, and then by the time they're seniors, some of them are freaking ripped. Well, and I mean, a perfect example is on this show. When Ben went to college, he was, you know, we, yeah. we, he was, you know, a, tra- a beef train or whatever yeah. the hell he called himself. I mean, he was a thick kid, but he was, he was thick, but he was, you know, yeah. not the best kind of thick, right? Just thick. Now I, I saw him a couple weeks ago, and like, holy hell, dude, he might have bigger quads than Saquon Barkley. I mean, he like, I mean, just even his shoulder structure and yeah. everything, like, he, guy's built like a wedge. Yeah, he he is. He's just built. Different, and I mean, he looks like he's wearing shoulder pads when he's wearing a t-shirt. So, speaking of kids and developing, Owen Power, because he's been very, very exciting to watch in yes. the past couple games. And I have to keep reminding myself that he's 19, similar to how it was when we had Dalim. Um, but he has a frame that's going to fill out yeah. super nice. Like again, 19. So yeah. he like his jersey's like baggy right now and it like <laughs> flutters when he skates and it's it's funny and I'm just thinking to myself, man, when he's going to be 22, 23, that jersey's going to be tight sleeves, you're going to freaking, you know. Yeah, you're going to be able to see yeah. his, see his his, you know, his arm structure through his pads like. Yeah. So I I'm very excited about that, but I mean Darlene is is supremely talented offensively and so is Owen Power, but Man, Owen Power reminds me a lot more of Victor Hedman than everybody kind of coming out when De- with Dalene said that he was like Victor Hedman, but right. a little bit smaller. Dalene has really reminded me a lot of Eric Carlson recently, the way he takes over a game and just controls the puck. And I mean, man, if if you change when Dalene has the puck in our defensive zone, you're screwed. Because last game against the Flyers, now granted, Philly's bad, right. but... They had two forwards go for a change and two defensemen sitting in the zone just kind of waiting because uh, they dumped the puck out. And Darlene just had it inside of our own blue line and just snaps a pass up, breakaway goal. Because they were just like, they took a second to be like, I need to get to the bench. Right. So he's like that nasty. But power is the I'm everywhere but nowhere all at once and I'm six foot six. And just like. he's a He's a big kid, man. Yeah, but his 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 movement is unbelievable. He'll make he'll 
He'll start a breakout, join the break, get below the dots, and then get back and be the first guy back to play defense it, on a rush. It looks effortless when he exactly. does it, which is scary. That right. like like when you see a player in any sport that can just do something elite and look like they're not trying, that's when you're like, oh shit, yeah. You know, just watching that dude who you know, yeah, you see it on a baseball field, the guy who can just flick his wrist and a ball comes out at ninety, yeah, and you're like, he didn't, he literally just. I mean, I like, watch it every Sunday in the fall. Yeah. You know, when the ball comes out of Josh Allen's hand, it is different. Yeah. It's, it's just, just it flick. Is. Oh, it's, 80 yards. Cool. When he rolls out to the right and I'm just oh like, I, I get like a little tingle in my penis. Uh-huh. I'm like, Here it comes. Uh-huh. Every time. <laughs> every time. It's so much so that like announcers talk about it. Like, oh, you can't let him roll to the right. You can't yep. let him roll to the right. Yeah. And then so last year, team started stopped letting him roll to the right and he learned how to pop his hips and do it going the other way. <laughs> Which is great. I love so, that. So it's funny. I was... And this is a total digression, but I was playing Madden last night, and I got flushed the other way with Allen, and I'm like, ooh, wait, let up, and he just, ba-boom, and I went, oh, there it is, touchdown. Love it. <laughs> and I went, wait, I've, I've seen that on Sundays, yeah. like, yeah. just pop the hips, plant the feet, and let it fly, and it looks just so effortless yeah. when he does it, and same thing with power, just yeah, everything he does just looks smooth. Which is awesome, That's it's so exciting, and again, just have to keep reminding myself, he's 19. Yeah. <laughs> He's nineteen, and he's gotten caught a couple times. Sure, he, like he's nineteen. Well, exactly against like against St. Louis, he had a welcome to the NHL moment with Vlad Tarasenko chips it off the boards and then one hands it around our goalie, and it's like you got caught puck watching, kid. You yeah, know? like you thought you could reach that, <laughs> and it's like, hey, that uh, that that dude over there is pretty good. He's not uh, he's not from East St. Prairie State, you right. know. He, he he's he's from <laughs> Russia. Yeah, this 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 kid's been playing at this level since he was fifteen. Yeah. Like, yeah, because they didn't so. have a choice, and steroids are fun. Yeah, uh, hey, Russian gas, baby. Right. So um, the NHL I, again, it's it's nice to care about the Sabers again. You know, I, I've I've tried the last couple of years to watch more and more, and this year, I mean, wa- just watching the outdoor classic game. Was just a blast. But you want to know the best part, Jaws? We're talking about all of this. I haven't even mentioned the fact that Jack Quinn and J.J. Paterka are having unbelievable rookie seasons, like historic rookie seasons in the AHL. I haven't even talked about the fact that Isaac Rosine is tearing it up overseas. We have two Russian kids who are tearing it up in the the step below the KHL. And two first-round picks this year, three second-round picks. And currently the Sabres are rated as having the best farm system as far as like prospect talent yeah. and it's not close yeah like well that's also because we really haven't brought up many of our prospects right but like, <laughs> the, the, like the fact that we have a line <laughs> like we have a line in the ahl right now that we can bring up together yeah that is disgusting chill. like you can just copy paste yeah and just yeah here's your here's number two here's yeah. your second line they're together and they have chemistry already now just learn the I nhl mean, game like it's almost like when they had thomas vanek jason palmanville Derek roy and they played a whole year in the AHL, and then the next year, they lit it on fire. Right. Huh. And and they came into a team where their first line had a couple of pretty good players on it, I, I think. Yeah. I think. Now I could just, be wrong. We just needed, well, uh, we did trade for Danny Breer, Peyton Krebs. Right. So, I mean, it's it's going to be fun. <laughs> Kids, again, dude, Peyton Krebs, he just turned 20 years old. My guy is such a good playmaker that, like, he needs to learn to be selfish. 
You know what I mean? He There's so many times he's got a good look, but he's like, oh, look, that guy's got a really good shot over there. It's like, Peyton, buddy, puck to the net. <laughs> because when he shoots, it goes in. Right. But he just, like, takes, like, one shot every three games. It's like, well, and, and that's that's a kid who's, you know, he's looking for the unselfish play. He's looking right. he's looking for... Well, you know, he's like, very I'm, good at passing, so he, and he knows not, that. I'm not supposed to put the puck in the net, and other people know that, too. So, like, now you get the goalies trying to think one step ahead, like, okay, who else is, oh, shit, that went over my shoulder. Exactly, like, yeah. But that's that's another one who I'm watching to mature. Once he starts firing the puck, which I think will come after this off season. Yeah. Uh, once he starts firing the puck, he he reminds me of Danny Breer. Creates something out of nothing, um, flying around, buzzing around. But Danny shot the puck a lot. Yeah. And granted, again, we got Danny when he was like 25. Right. So Peyton's 20. <laughs> that's uh, good Sabres talk. And one one more thing on the Sabres. Sure. Because. Oh, baby, that beautiful, beautiful disaster happening in Vegas. Have you followed that at all? Uh, I saw a couple articles about it. I didn't actually read any of them last night. I was kind of tired when I laid down. So I, I, woke, I, up, I woke up this morning. We have a 99.5% chance of having the 16th overall pick. Sweet. Yeah. So they're, they're, they basically um, are they have less than a 20% chance of making the playoffs. That's awesome. We have their first-round pick from the Eichel deal. That was a whole thing when we made the deal. Oh, it's going to be late because Vegas is a Stanley Cup contender. And might, uh, it's might almost, be sitting right in the middle of the round there. It's it, it's almost like it's almost like we cut out a tumor and gave it to him. Yeah. Also, also, allegedly, Alex Tuck was quite a fan favorite in Vegas because he's a great dude and a hard worker and a good hockey player. And they uh, they shipped him out for this alleged locker room cancer right this alleged superstar who can't take over a game on his own hmm like because because Hmm. that because that's really that's kind of that's kind of the conversation right like he was expected to be like ovechkin light the kind of dude who could just take over a game that's funny because they played the caps last night right did you see ov's stats disgusting yeah my guy he put in his 50th of the year at (laughs) 38 i mean that guy's just gross and, oh, I watched a video on Twitter last night. He declined a penalty. He was going through the neutral zone and, like, jumped up for the puck, and the guy, like, kind of swatted for it, and it looked at fast speed like he got tripped. Right. So the ref put his arm up, and Ovi, like, got up, and he looked at the ref, and he just started shaking his hand, and the ref was like, huh? And Ovi just, like, shook his head and went back to the bench, and the ref just was like, okay, no penalty on the play. <laughs> it's the only time I've ever seen a ref change his call, dude. For Alex Ovechkin, Ovi's like, I didn't get tripped, dude. Don't call that, like. That's awesome. That's not a penalty. <laughs> That's awesome. And I, I, I was not an Ovechkin fan for a long time. I've become a fan of the older Ovechkin. Oh yeah. Like, you know, I, I didn't like him when he because I'm, I'm not the, I'm not the selfish player. Yeah. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm, I was a lineman. My so six, you were, my six, so you were a Crosby over OV guy back in yes, the day. Yes. And and that's just Never like my me. my style of play, my style of like who I've always been on the field. I've an awesome. I'm an offensive lineman. My success show up on other people's stats. Right. Like being a first baseman, my my stats, like my, my like my defensive prowess right. shows up on you not having errors. Yeah. Like things like that. Like, yeah. you know, so watching this dude like, "Oh, Ovechkin scored his 50th goal. They're second from the bottom in the league, but he scored his 50th goal." Like that okay, you're not like great stats, bro, you're not winning. Like I I I want wins, but whatever. They, uh, wa- they watching. were so bad back then. That was so. That's such a tough take. <laughs> I know they, it is. It was. It was like eighteen-year-old Ovechkin, nineteen-year-old Nick Backstrom, and like the, a bunch of forty-year-olds. The, the the like. There was a year where somebody actually put a video out about the 
like of, of, like their, their playoff run when they were like when they were good when they were like a top three team in in, in the East. Yeah, and they just showed the amount of times that selfish Ovi cost his team because they're like here he goes. Oh, that was against the Rangers. I know exactly. Oh what you're yeah, talking it, like, about. It, it, like there were dudes like that was when the two Rangers guys were under the cup. Two guys with open nets and Ovi's trying to go through triple coverage and do his own thing and loses the puck and or, ends up in or a goal. he just like went in back check and yeah. they they would end up with like a three on two. Yeah, yeah I mean that was. He still kind of does that, but there's players all across the league who do that. Right. So I, that's my my thing I, is I just, when you're when you're held to the to the pedestal that he was put on, you need to be better. And in a sense, that, because here's my thing: Patrick Kane's the same. Pat, sure. Like I'm, the whole advanced stats community is, is fun, and I always say it's a nice tool to use. You don't just say this is the player, right? Um, but like Patrick Kane and the guy who does it, who I follow, Jay Fresh on Twitter. He says you can't understate how bad Patrick Kane is defensively. You just can't. Right. He's he does nothing. Right. But his offensive production makes actually up, makes outweighs up. how bad he is defensively, which is incredible. Right. My my whole thing with it went like nobody's ever called Patrick Kane the savior of a franchise. He's the face of a franchise for sure. But like Ovi was supposed to save the Capitals. It took him 15 years to do it. Like I, that's just when you're the savior, you can't get caught looking. You can't get caught not back checking, not hustling, like trying to do too much when you have goals sitting over there, but they're not going to go on your stat sheet. So you don't want to do it. Like, and that's how I, that's how I felt about him. I back got then. you. I got so, you. Anyway, uh, he, he, he matured throughout oh, his career anyway. Time. I mean, he even I'm said he huge, started, passing, huge the, he started passing the puck after like year eight. Yeah. And he's like, wow, that really worked. <laughs> yeah. Like a huge, huge Ovi fan now. Yeah. Love watching him play. Love watching him yeah. do what he does. And, you know, it's kind of the same thing. I think. I think for a while, I let, I let, not my own opinion, dictate dictate. Like yeah. I let other people's opinion form mine instead of like stepping back and being like, okay, what what yeah. is this whole thing? Actually, I under, watch the game. I understand thing. why I felt the way I felt. But yeah. like, you know, I used used to hate Derek Jeter, and uh, then I'm yeah. like, okay, well, I hate him because I hate Yankees fans. Speaking of Derek Jeter, did you see the Bill Burr uh, when he was at the Red Sox thing doing the Derek Jeter impression? No, and he was he was doing the impression. He's like. Because the guy threw a, a a strike right down the middle, and Bill Burr's like, "Oh, Derek Jeter would have made that a ball." <laughs> and they, they like they like cut up there, and he was like, "He's like, here, I'll do it again." And like he's like, "It would have gone right down the middle," and he would have just been like, "Whoo!" And he throws his hips back, right? And then he like does the other one. He's like, he's like, or it would be like really inside or or really far outside, and I would like jump back and be like, "Whoa," you know? And <laughs> so it was just that was great. Bill Burr's awesome. Yeah, I. Uh... But yeah, that's that's like the little thing. It's like the fans they yeah. watch that and they're like, "Oh, fucking Derek Jeter, always yeah. doing that, always getting the call." Right. Oh, like, you know, and the, it's actually funny because there's actually like you talk, brought up like next gen stats and stuff. There are current next gen stats that will tell you that Derek Jeter was an atrocious player, yeah. just not good. And they're like, like based on certain things, and they're like, he just he wasn't a good player. Like I don't know why he gets the all mystique. the accolades. Like, yeah. and. But at the same time, and this is especially in the baseball community, we talk about all the time, like the numbers versus like passing the eye test. Yeah. Nobody on the planet would look at Derek Jeter and be like, he was not good. Yeah. Like, I, but, I, but there's an untrained baseball eye here. I, like, I watch Derek Jeter and I go, it, he stands out. Right. Stands out. Absolutely. Like, that's, it, that's the minimum, <clears throat> you know? Right. And, <laughs> and like, you know, you, you look at like, there's these certain stats now that are like the, 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 the new benchmarks. Right. And, and you're like, okay, so like, but these numbers would tell you that probably one of the best that's ever played wasn't even good. 
yeah. let alone one of the best. Yeah. Like, uh, eh, so a little... maybe we should re- look at that a bit deeper. Or maybe it's just a different era of baseball. Or, you know, th- th- this is where, you know, next-gen stats are fun. Next-gen stats help. Right. But they're not the end-all be-all. They're a tool. They are a tool to help, yes. not, not the end-all be-all. And, like, and this is, if you follow, if you ever want a fun, like, late night trip go down go down the go down the hole of baseball twitter and watch like the old heads versus the new heads just like i went down baseball tiktok the other day and i found a guy who found out that like on the second wednesday no it was a a may saturday game in the third inning with two outs and one guy on second who's the greatest batter of all time and one guy's like two for two all time (laughs) i was like that's amazing He's like, well, I mean, in that specific situation, it's undoubtedly this guy. Right. Well, and it's funny because, like, baseball is such a weird sport with things. Like, you, right. uh, sport, uh, ESPN or Sports Illustrated, one of the two, did an actual article on, like, who's the real king of swing. And it's like, okay, so if you're going to cross off all the guys from the steroid area that takes out Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa. Yeah. And, like, okay, well, then it goes back to this guy. Well, uh, you know, he played in this era. Well, then you can't, you can't do that because that's not fair. And then, like, well, then it's Babe Ruth. Well, Babe Ruth played before the color yeah. barrier was broken, so all the best pitchers weren't in the league. So he was basically just hitting batting I was practice say, every day. Throw like, a 94 cutter to Babe Ruth and see if he can hit that. Right. And that's, <laughs> you know, he, he didn't face some of the best pitching yeah. of the era, so you can't count him. And it was like some dude you'd never heard of from just pre steroid era that yeah. hit like 52 in a season one time. And they're like, yeah. there's your king of swing, boys. And it's yeah. like, Okay, you you can't like you can't hold older eras to new standards. Right. Like it's just it is what it is. Get over the fact it's that it's the same Jeter, thing with football. I yes. mean, we talk about it all the time with Hall of Fame. You can't like you have to separate the eras. Yes, That's a very important part. Yes. <laughs> if you treat it like it's the same game for the past century, you're going to have a bad time. Absolutely. So uh, <laughs> then that's going to stem us into football. Uh, a lot of I mean, the draft is next week. I know it's really jumped up on us. Yeah, to the point that I, I I wanted to do like a live stream for night one, but I have to work that night currently. And Tough. Maybe I'll get fired. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, dabble a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> see what happens. Yeah, live life on the edge. Yeah. I too um, like to live dangerously. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I w- I would like to do some type of live stream, just coverage of the first round, if we can. If not, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. But, um, you know. So first and foremost, what do you? Where do you have the Bills going in the draft? Okay. I mean, let's let's rewind. I, I I got ahead of myself. I got excited. What are your thoughts first on first and foremost on free agency? Because we haven't had you on in a uh, while. I, it's been a, it's again, been been a couple two three minutes. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe two three days even. Yeah. I I I'm big fan of the Von Miller signing. Um, Hard I not mean, to be. You know, I have a Jerry Hughes jersey, and I'm the Jerry Hughes guy. Always love Scary Jerry. But, I mean, you take Jerry and Mario Addison out and put in Von Miller with our young bucks, and I'm not going to lie, that's pretty chill. Also, Jordan Phillips. I like that that uh, Tim Settle guy from Washington. Yep. I, wa- I watched his highlights. Talk about explosive. Yeah. I mean, you want Star Latule who actually gets off the freaking football like Ed Oliver? Right. Tim Settle. So, yeah, stick him at nose. Um, I really like our D-line upgrades. Everybody's talking about corner, 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 and I get it. I get it. I do really think Dane Jackson is a good ball player. I agree. Um, now, granted, do you really want to go into the year with like Trey White off an ACL, probably not playing for the first couple weeks? Dane Jackson, Teron Johnson, and, and Cam Lewis. Question mark. Cam Lewis, maybe. Right. Like, yeah. So um, I could see them addressing that in the draft because clearly we didn't do anything in free agency. I'm glad they didn't bring back Stephon Gilmore. Agreed. Um, I know. 
you know, everybody's going to have their opinion on that. But at well, this, and there were a lot of people, and like, and again, it, you you would be hard pressed to not want talented players to come to your team. But he's not a scheme fit. He's and a he, man corner, right? And he's and also he runs zone. He's also not a good fit for our team in our locker room, right? Yeah, like he's not when, the culture guy. When, like when he left, what's he the first thing he did? He seemed kind of standoffish in general, right? And, and like when he left, what's the first thing he did? He shit on Buffalo. Yeah. Like, no, granted, was it during a good time in Buffalo? No. But, like, okay, to, to the point that, like, things have changed, the culture is different, the team is different, and he was still like, eh, probably yeah. not Buffalo. Yeah. Like, okay, bye. See ya. Yeah, that's fine. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Um, In terms of the draft, obviously, I trust Bean, and Bean's thing is basically let the draft board play out, take best player available, yada, right. yada. So I don't really have anybody I'm eyeing at 25. I wouldn't mind seeing them trade down, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. And Bean did come out last, maybe it was yesterday, and say that he had less than 32 first-round grades in the first round. Right. Um, but the one guy that I really did like, and he was like projected to go like 54-ish, um, and we got pick 50. So, Chad Muma. Chad Muma. Linebacker, Wyoming. Hmm. Uh, big white kid, flies around really fast for a linebacker, but he's like 6'3", 235. So kind of more like a middle middle guy. Um, it, I mean, I understand it's positionless football. I, yeah, and nobody yeah, plays yeah, anywhere, yeah. but everyone, no, everyone but, plays. But everything. here's the thing: I'm he really seems like a Swiss Army knife linebacker. Right. He seems like he could play Mike Will Sam. Um, I don't know about edge rush, but we're not going to ask a guy like that to no. play edge rush. Not with and not with my what only we have. thing is I really wouldn't mind seeing us spend a slightly early draft pick on a third linebacker. Right, because if we're gonna play Tennessee, Cleveland, teams who want to ground and pound, give me a third linebacker on the field. Matt Milano can be our quasi corner nickel. Right, you know he's yeah. a freak athlete. He played safety in college. Yada yada. Give me two real linebackers plus Matt Milano. There's three legitimate linebackers plus our front four, and like let's stop the run. We have a good secondary. We're gonna, right, and all three of those linebackers could cover. Yes, because I don't give a shit what anybody says about Tremaine Edmonds. Guy's a good ball player. And I, does he deserve a second contract? Is a different discussion, right? And is and he a good ball player? Yes. I, does he deserve a second contract? Yes. At what price? Does the price is the question? Mark. Yes. Like, does he deserve top tier money? Probably no. not. But I mean, do, do I want to let a 20, 20, 20, 20, year old? I'm going to make a quick analogy for Tremaine Edmonds, and I kind of want to know your thought on it. Sure. And I know you're not a big basketball guy, but he reminds me of Carmelo Anthony. Volume stats. Sure. Vol- is he the best linebacker in the league? No, Carmelo Anthony was never the best player in the NBA. He was top 10. Right. You know, top 8. He led the league in scoring one year. Tremaine could lead the league in tackles. Sure. It's volume stats, and he's a talented player. Right. Is he the best? No. And does he deserve the best money? No. Does he deserve to get paid? Yeah. I mean, because here's the thing. If he doesn't get paid here, he's going to get paid somewhere. Yeah. Someone's going to look and go, wait, I can have a 24-year-old with five years of experience. Yeah. And, and, and like, even if I'm pushing near top-tier money, like, yeah, sure. Like, I, 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 I don't know. It, and it's not like we have anybody in the wings like, well, we have so-and-so he can. Right. He, like, and that's also my thing, too, is. Bring in a third line, a legit third linebacker. I like Andre Smith and Terrell Dudson, but right. like, are they really NFL linebackers? 
Right. No. They're, they're special teams guys. Yeah. They're, like, they're good specs guys. And like, if you need can, them, if you need them to fill in for a week, they can fill in for a week. Yeah. They're, they're a good. You can hide them in a game plan. Sure. But, but when if they, you have them every week when, and they know that they can expose said. When, when the game plan is one of the best running backs in the league is coming hard. Yeah. I don't want more corners on the field than linebackers. Yeah. Like, I want dudes who can tackle that guy yeah. with that size. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I agree with that. And I, I think the answer at corner or the answer in the first round almost has to be corner if there's one there that right. fits. Here's my thing, too, in the first round because he is slipping and slipping fast. If Kyle Hamilton falls, bro, the safety from Notre Dame. Right. Oh, my God. Pick him up. Pick him up. Because, one, you got two older safeties. Right. You can even sit him behind him and just kind of have him learn. You right. can rotate him in. Sure. But also, I mean, throw him in the nickel. I mean, that's a six foot four rangy safety that is playing, yeah. You know, slot that takes away a lot. You could take away flat. You could take away hook curl. Like with him, you could blitz him because he's a freak athlete, right? And he's one of those guys, similar to Gabe Davis, um, similar to some other guys that have slid that being jumped on. I think Harry too. Uh, they didn't test well, right, at, at the combine. And you know how people feel about testing at the combine, but it's like. And there was that great clip of Bean when Dave, when Gabe tested. He goes, "I hope he doesn't run like a four five. Give yeah. me give me like a, a high four five, low four six. Yeah. Because he plays fast. And it's like, oh well, Kyle Hamilton didn't look explosive in the drills at the combine. Well, I've watched that guy because I'm watching Notre Dame football. I've watched that guy play his entire college career. Oh my God, he's just a football player. Right. Like you, and, and so and, and this is a, back to the conversation about like the next gen stats. This dude passes the eye test. You look at him and you say. He can play the game, yeah. But those, those those metrics may not say that on paper. I I've seen very like Earl Thomas might be one. Um, I'm trying to think of strong safeties here who I've seen roll out of cover two down to the flats and like pick off a curl route, right? But like from the hash to the numbers, he did that at Notre Dame a couple times, right? And it was like. How? How did you get there? Well, and like, and it's like, oh, he ran like a four five eight at the combine. It's like, okay, fantastic. But like, if you can do that, <laughs> I mean, it, this, it, it's the difference between like being like a a straight skate north south fast skater and reacting quick enough to be in the right position, right on uh, during a game. They're right. they're two different things, right? Be in the spot that you need to be when you need to be there, right? And like, and see it coming, like ha- yeah. anticipate it. Like, how do you? How do you make up for not being the fastest receiver in the league? Is Micah Hyde the greatest the greatest athlete at safety in the league? No. No, but he picked off that Mac Jones ball by a freaking inch because he is a freaking great player. Right. He anticipated and makes he plays. hauls his ass. Yeah. Makes yeah. makes plays. And he's a baller. Like and and that that's the same thing that can be said about, you know, about Edmonds. Like, oh he he, he misses tackles. Doesn't right. make splash plays. Like doesn't make splash that's plays. That's the big one that everybody gets on. Doesn't make splash plays. The only one that last year really like stood out and, bo- and and really bothered me was when he met Leonard Fournette in the hole clean and got beat. Yeah. Like that a running back shouldn't beat my middle linebacker. But he's again, he's in his like fourth or fifth year and he's only twenty three. Yeah. Like and this like you look at this dude and he's a freak athlete. He's built. Give him two more years, and you're like, you're, you're gonna look at this dude and be like, yeah. Don't even look at me hard because it's gonna hurt. Like it, that's just. I mean, and my thing too is like, yeah, okay, so he misses tackles, but I will go through every Hall of Fame linebacker 
his tape. I will find you missed tackles in the hole. Right. That gave up for a touchdown. Right. It's called football, man. Yeah, like, it, shit it happens. happens. No player is perfect. And not one single player is perfect. It, it's not like we're talking about an undersized running back running him over either. Right. Like, Leonard for, Fournette's for, a, a man, ball. dude. Like, you remember dude him a, in college when he oh literally God. he hurtled an Auburn guy, stiff-armed another, and then just trucked a guy into the end zone? Like, now, again, that was college, but still, right. like he's a he's a big boy. Yeah, he's there's like a couple he, guys in the league. Derrick Henry, his name. Leonard Fournette. I he mean, made his name running people over. Yes, like so. Yeah, if Tremaine's gonna lose in the hole, if if it's a Derrick Henry or Leonard Fournette, I kind of go, ah, I'd like a play there. Right, <laughs> and like, and he made the play. It just wasn't a, right. It wasn't a play for and, no game. Also, it was one yard also on fourth and short. And I, like, I mean, you know football too. But if you're playing guys like that, it's. First guy on, you're wrapping up, and you gotta you gotta gang tackle. Right, you know what I mean. So it's hang on, and you boys better be there to freaking get the ball out, hit, get right. him into the ground. You're not. Oftentimes, you're not going to get him down one on one. Yeah, it, it was like what fourth and fourth and less than a yard, and he yeah. gained he gained a whole yard on it. Yeah, like I don't know. If that's third and two, we're like, oh, what a great play. But right. it was fourth and like fourth and a half yard. So, oh, he had a shot to has, stop him and he didn't. Has like, nothing to do with the fact that the Tampa Bay offensive line got mad push on our D-line. Right. Because we had like Vernon Butler and Star in at that play. Yeah. Because we were like, we need big bodies, which. Here nor there. Yeah. Um, I think, I, honestly, I think the weakest point of our team currently is our corner. Is our corner room. Yes. Just, I mean. It has to be. Like, with Trey being hurt. And probably missing. They're talking like six weeks into yeah. the season. He might be back. Um, I can see it probably even before that. But they they're going to be conservative with the oh list absolutely. Of it, you know absolutely never going to rush him. Yeah, they're never going to say oh he'll be ready by week two and then like he's not playing till week four. And everyone's like what the hell he's still here. Yeah. He's not going to be the, like yeah. no like we're gonna we're gonna go like week six and like week two week two like <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we uh, it's going to be fun to watch. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do. Yeah, you know, and I I mean every year every year. We find a way to like a third, fourth, or fifth round pick, if not two or three of those, yeah, that we hit to hit. I mean, and, and not just like kind of hit, like Matt. No, Pop. Matt Milano hit. Matt Milano, Gabe Davis, Teron Johnson. Uh, who else is a late round pick for us? Spencer Brown ended up being a monster for us last year. Also, I I I, I do not want Spencer Brown's former teammate the tackle no all of his highlights he just like even in the senior bowl he threw the guys right into the quarterback's knees dude right. i don't want that with josh no i don't care oh, i'm tough i finished my block okay finish your block not to the quarterback yeah holy smokes i i wholeheartedly agree um i'm interested to see what tommy doyle does yeah you know they I yes. mean, again another late round lineman pick that Got playing time last yeah. year. How about, we just signed a guard this morning. Did you see that? By no. The way? We signed the other, uh, well, I don't even know if he was a guard, but the other uh, guy from Tennessee. I forgot his name. But he uh, he had a better grade than Saffold last year for the Titans, PFF, lineman grade. David Quisenberry. Yeah. Yeah. To so, a one-year deal. There we go. Another lineman piece added. Which, I mean, like depth of the offensive line position. I, I think at some point late in the draft, like somewhere in the mid-round, we probably take a center. Because Mitch Morris Probably. is getting older, the only other option there would be to slide Rick Bates over, right? You know, um, that's always because he has showed that he can play center. Yeah, but also like we always talk about like how old Mitch Morris is, and, and yet he's twenty nine. Like you know, he's just been here forever, and he's been so good for. Well, and like, we and, and we didn't draft years, him, right? Like, we so we're like, oh, he's an old man. It's like, dude, he's twenty nine. Like and, he's got and, some years, and he's got some years, but he like. 
I'm I'm also in the like uh, he's like one concussion away from coloring books for Christmas for the rest of he's his not, life. So he's not full Eric Wood yet. Come right. on, he's he's got two. Of I, them. I I still to this day will every single time I see that man just coming around the edge on a as a pulling center. It's so good. I'm just like yeah. He's so good at it. We're we're getting twelve yards at least. Yeah. Oh, oh man, I'm I, excited, man. I'm pumped. I am. I'm real pumped for this. Um, what's going on in the world of lacrosse? Like, what's uh... the Bandits are a 26 goal performance away from being the most high scoring team in NLL league history? How many games got left? One. Um, <laughs> so, so they got to run it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, but they're they're doing really. They're they're crushing it. Dane Smith just broke his own points and assists record and goals record. Um, so he's he's doing his thing. They're literally just dominating the league. PLL starting up in June. I was gonna say um, I, knew, I know that's coming up. But here's the thing that's really interesting about the PLL is the Bandits have pretty much half of one of the team's rosters. Gotcha. And the first weekend of PLL overlaps with the first round of playoffs in the oh. NLL. Not to mention the championship. So like their team could be missing half their players for like the first two weeks of the summer league. Which is tough. Yeah, because you, you gotta you gotta finish out the league. They here. also did win the outdoor league last year. That said, team the right. chaos. Um, but yeah, and it's the, the the running joke in in the PLL because they are not city based. They're just clubs, and they all go play in one city per right. weekend. Yeah. Um, the joke is if they ever settled down, chaos would have to be in Buffalo because it's the Buffalo Bandits on field. That's just what their team is, which is great. Right. But yeah. I mean, ESPN Plus deal has made this great, man. I keep seeing all the NLL games, which used to be a freaking nightmare to try to find. Maybe they would be on CBS Sports. Maybe they'd be, like, streaming illegally online. You know what I mean? <laughs> now it's ESPN Plus. Doesn't matter the market. Turn on the game. Enjoy. Right. And I love – I like that idea. I like the whole, like, we're not like we're not the Buffalo chaos. We're not the – Chaos Cross Club. Yep. Yeah. And you just – the league – goes around the country uh, kind of barnstorming a little bit yep. in, in a different way. Like they're, they're not teams that barnstorm into different leagues to play. No, they like the league itself just barnstorms the country. Right. And yeah. sets it's up a, and plays it's like a, it's on the traveling circus of lacrosse, if yeah. you will. But it, it's, it's a great time. Like we went up to the one in Hamilton, um, 2019 and it's just, I mean, all the lacrosse weekends are great. If you've ever been to an NCAA championship, because they're all kind of the same where it's a weekend event, there's vendors everywhere. There's stuff going on. Right. Um, you know, everybody's just kind of broing down and, and tailgating for a whole weekend kind of uh, thing. Lacrosse um, bros. No, nah, but I mean, it's just, you know, <laughs> we're, we're hanging out. There's little kids playing mini sticks everywhere kind of thing. And sure. it's just, it's a great time for the city. And, and that's really what it is. It's like each city gets that influx of like, yeah, you it know, gets, tourism spending. The yeah, it gets, that, gets that weekend pop of hosting yeah, the event, and, which is great, and they do a nice job of of spacing it to like different hotbeds, if you will. So right. they they try to split them down the middle um, a lot of times, where like three or more cities can kind of travel within reason, like five hour drive, right? If if people really wanted to, is is there a chance or a point where it could potentially come to Buffalo for a weekend? Would love that. Um, Really, they, they they like to go to Albany, right? Because that's five from New York City, Long Island, and five from Buffalo, right? Five from Boston. Um, they like to go to Hamilton because that's a split between Toronto, Buffalo, the whole Ontario region kind of thing. Sure. Um, so unlikely, unfortunately, right? I would love that. That'd be cool. I w- I would go to that with you. 
Absolutely. I I know very little about lacrosse, but I would try. No, and, I, I've, and I've watched PLL with yeah. you guys at the house and stuff it's, like that. Like, it's not that hard to follow. No, like, and, it's, and it's fun. It's fun. Like, I've been to yeah. Bandits games. I enjoy those. Like, yeah. part of that's the atmosphere. Part of that's the last one I was at. We were in, like, a, one of those really fancy club uh, suites where they serve yeah. you all the booze and food you want. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, the other side of this, I mean, there's, there's there's football on right now, man. Oh, I know. I watched some USFL this weekend. It was I, good stuff. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to watch it. I had a busy weekend. So here's the thing. It's like any other league that's been like this you you just don't have great quarterback play right and that is what it is um so you know it's a lot of ground and pound and establish the run and good defense and then a couple pop plays right um but you know what man i will not complain i will sit on my couch in the springtime and watch football all day hard hard not to um and how many times do we talk about guys in general for football they just need film so that they can Teams can see them. It's about getting seen. Yeah. So the fact that USFL, XFL starting up soon, no? Uh, yes. Um, that, you know, so all these extra leagues, if they can get established, gives extra guys film and opportunities. Also really like the rules that they've been using. The drone shots have been super cool. Um, if you've I, seen I, heard, I heard about that. I didn't see it, but it I was heard. Like, now, here's the one thing I thought was crazy is they put it right behind the kicker on field goals. And I was like, that's got to be brutal for the kicker. You just got a drone buzzing in your ear, and you're like, I got to hit this 35-yarder off the left hash. Right. <laughs> right yeah. behind you, yeah. But like the ki- they did it on the kickoffs, too. So you like it was like follow the ball down and then loop back around and follow the kick return up. It was it was pretty cool. That's kind of, that is kind of cool. Skycam like on droids or I, I, on drug steroids. <laughs> Steroidroids. <laughs> um, I feel like that would be something that, like, I'm glad they don't do it on every play because I'd probably get, like, seasick watching it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but it's but, gr- it's great for specs plays because it's flipping the field, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's it's almost like the the Madden cam with without the pause for the camera to turn. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that, that's cool. Um, so in week one, the Stallions knocked off the Generals in a twenty-eight to twenty-four game. That was a great game. It sure sounds like it was. Uh, I have the, it, that was that was really interesting because Magoo, great name, the quarterback apparently got hurt and his backup came in and. Uh, Probably stole the job because he got Offensive Player of the Week. Nice. He was shredding. Um, they had one really good receiver, Mitchell. He's like a six foot five kid, and just like, oh hey, just chuck the ball up, he'll go get it, kind of thing. And that's I, I think that's what the cool part about all this is is like, there's going to be guys that get shots to the NFL because 100%. of this stuff. Because like, how, like how did we miss this kid? Like, here's other pro football players, and this kid is doing well against them yeah like to the point that he maybe he deserves to be playing better competition there was one safety this was a different game that played in the nfl and like wow you could tell the difference dude i mean coming downhill and filling outside on the run meeting at the line of scrimmage from safety depth it was like yeah that guy played in the league before (laughs) oh he's good (laughs) i uh i have hitched my wagon to the gamblers oh yeah yeah i i don't i I, r.i.p jim kelly i uh I don't know. I, I I like their uniforms, I guess. But uh, they beat the Panthers seventeen to twelve, and then the Breakers beat the Stars twenty three to seventeen. My only question with the USFL is why is every game in Birmingham, and uh, then these teams have cities? So they basically did that to, like you, the the teams got together, built, practiced everything else in their cities, and then if you look at like the schedule, so uh, they played Monday night, the Bandits. To uh, beat the Mauler seventeen to three, and then so uh, tomorrow the Panthers play the Generals. Saturday you got two games. Sunday you got one game, and basically what it is is like you just plan to travel to like 
to Birmingham for your scheduled game that week and then go back to your city for practice and stuff and prep for the next week. Like, See, now I would have thought it would have been a better idea to almost do it like the PLL, but each city gets a weekend. Because, like, Birmingham has a team, so do right. Birmingham opening weekend, then do New Jersey for another weekend, do New York for a different weekend. You know what I mean? Um, they just seemed weird to me that they used one city. Um, so, let's see here. Uh, do, 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 do. All regular season games will be played in Birmingham. The postseason will be played at the Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton. That's chill, but... So that's cool, but, like, yeah, it was something... It was something to the effect of... Um, COVID relation? Like, that's the only thing I can think, is put them all in a hotel kind of thing and try to limit spread back in other cities. But, like, that doesn't make sense if they're going back during the week to practice. So I, I think... I th- they've prob- they probably looked at a lot of the reasons that a lot of the other, like, leagues like this have failed, and cost i mean you can pretty much Travel just cost. you can just pretty much like you can set up one broadcast booth one broadcast setup don't have to move cameras don't have to have a production crew come in and yeah. like pack things up and move things all over the place and everything and just like okay but then why give these teams cities because that's what i mean really the pll is the only gamblers football association right but like the the pll is really the only thing that doesn't do that so like the pll is trying out a new concept where everyone else is just like it's always been the so and so, so and so's. Get like, that, but there was an opportunity. I here. know, I know, and it could have gone well. I know. They so. need to hire me. That's what it is. That's what this is. And it, it does suck that Birmingham has a team. That's what I'm so, saying. So, so like, it's like okay, so they get a home game every week, and uh, everybody else is like, well, um, we were the New Jersey Generals, but yeah, we're 75 million miles away from New Jersey, right? Jeff Fisher's coaching this league. This yeah, is great. he is. Sometimes you got to move backwards to go forwards. Sure do. Sure do. So, and it's funny, the entire South Division is 1-0, the entire North Division is 0-1. Did you see the dude who got cut because he wanted pizza over the yeah, chicken what, salad? what was up with that? I, I think that they were just trying to do like a, just like create some drama for their behind-the-scenes thing. Right. And now it's really blowing up because this guy's like, I like, what the fuck? Right. Like, why am I cut? Um, apparently, they said he broke three team rules after, okay, let's just go from the start. Okay. They had, like, USFL behind the scenes. NFL does stuff like that, too. We got Bills yeah. embedded, you know? Yeah, um, you got the hard knock series right. every year. Right, so they had this – they brought the this one running back in and had this whole conversation. It was like, uh, you know, it's it's in our team rules. You can't disrespect any employees, anybody around the facilities, no hotel workers, yada, yada. And we got wind that you disrespected a cafeteria worker, so we're going to have to let you go because we're a business, yada, yada. And he's like, I didn't – I wasn't disrespectful. I said, I don't eat chicken salad. Is there any way I could get pizza? And he goes, no, is that going to be a problem? And I said, yes, and walked away. He's like, I didn't think that was disrespectful. Like, if it's going to be a problem, I'm not going to stick around and make it like a big problem, but it right. is a problem, so I'm going to leave. Right. He's, and they caught him for that. And then after that, after that whole thing got in the internet backlash, the team released a statement that said he had broken – three team rules in 48 hours so there was two violations before this right there's no video of this altercation disrespect happening no other accounts besides a he said she said now they're saying he broke three team rules he's now on twitter saying when did i break three team rules please enlighten me right i would have loved to know that and it's just 
like I said, it seems to me like they wanted some drama for their embedded YouTube video. Like, yeah. oh, here's a guy getting cut because it's the business side of things. But they just cut a guy. Right. Like He just got cut. They, like they he, looked for an excuse to get rid of a guy. Yeah, like trying to keep, uh, you know, as as professional wrestling fans would say, like try to keep up KFOB. Like you're going to get cut. Like it's not just yeah. can can wear shoulder pads and play. You're on yeah. the team. Like So that that's definitely – because I saw it. I, I didn't have a chance to dive too far into it, but that's – it was shot. It was it was super shot. Yeah, that's weird. Um, we're gonna finish up. I, we did this last week with Matt. I don't know if you if you tuned into the episode. I did not hear last week yet. Uh, so I'm we played busy. it. We played a game right. called Do You Care? And I stole this from Jonas Knox from right. Fox Sports, who I have to listen to on Saturdays when I'm doing production for uh, my radio, my one part time radio gig. And I actually really like it. Right. Uh, it's I, I like the uh, I like the the premise. The, idea, the premise. So basically, I, I'm gonna give you. Something happening in in the sports world, and I'm going to ask, do you care? Okay. And you can give me your opinion. Uh, so last week we talked about how um, athletes are using social media to kind of strong arm into contracts. And currently the biggest one out there is Debo Samuel. Uh, he, he, he basically scrubbed his social media of all references to the 49ers, all pictures of the 49ers, and then even took it a step further as liking a picture of somebody else having photoshopped him into a Dallas uniform. Pro athletes using social media in this way, do you care? No. And the only reason I say no is because that's how Diggs ended up in Buffalo. Right. But, I mean, honestly, man, social media, like, whatever. If you if you want to follow that and take it to heart, you can. But a lot of, I mean, like, you can look at the Bills organization. They specifically keep things under wrap for a reason, and, like, they keep things off of social media. Or they'll a lot of teams will have leaks out there where they'll – put out information that they know is wrong to try to lead fans, public opinion, other teams in the wrong direction. So you take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah, Debo wants out. That doesn't even mean that the 49ers have to trade him. They have contract control for another two years. So um, players are allowed. I, I think they should be allowed to be vocal, um, you know, like Diggs. Yeah. If you want more targets, if you think you could be used better. Debo actually, I think, wants less you touches. He yeah. wants to have a career, not a five-year and done because I'm touching the ball every other play. Right. He, I'm lining up at four different positions. Right. Um, which I get, you know. Absolutely. It, I, it's especially, about longevity, not just Especially when you've pan. shown how electric you can be as a player. Right. Like, I, 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 want, what, I want my worth. Right. Uh, Denzel Ward signed a huge contract extension, and in turn, almost immediately, three wide receivers that use the same agent – suddenly holding out do you care no <laughs> why would i care i don't know Just go get paid bro right it, it, like it, and this stems me to the next one like every it seems like currently every number one receiver in the league is holding out for money do you care no okay no because look it like the, the cap is finally going back up everybody knew that this was coming I mean we we're on the show for the past two years talking about how salary cap is coming quarterback deals Wide receiver deals, defensive back deals, skyrocket. Yes. Or even defensive ends. I mean, look at Von Miller's deal. Yeah. Um, so the money's going up. And the cap, <laughs> you could talk about how the cap is fictitious. You can move money around if you're smart enough. Look at the Rams. Look at the Bills. Right. Good teams know how to do it. You can get guys signed to big money, pay up front in a sense, and get it out of the way. Um, and it doesn't have to be a fat cap hit. But you also have to have guys who put their ego aside. Right. So in a sense, I have no problem with them holding out as long as it's to get your to get paid and go play. Right. You know, like let's get the business side done. Let's go let's go get on the field. Right. 
Don't make it bigger than it has to be. Sure. Uh, the last two are going to be a little bit more closer to home. Okay. Um, Von Miller has come out and said that he understands McDermott's want and love for defensive line rotation and you know keeping depth and keeping guys fresh. But when the game is on the line and things matter, he ho- he fully expects to be on the field more than not. Um, and it's the the question has been raised is. Will Von Miller be the one that breaks McDermott of his defensive line rotation schemes? Do you care? Yes. Okay. And yes, the answer to that is yes. I mean, you don't sign a guy to that contract so that when the game is on the line at the end, he's not on the field. That's sure. And and they've they've proven that plenty of times. Yeah. Just in terms of personnel use, you can have all the scheme packages you want, but when the game's on the line, you put your best players on the field to go make a play. Right. Because at the end of the day, and we talked about this with Brian Dable last year. Football coaching is about players, not plays, and it's about putting your guys in the best spot to go make a play. Sure. So, in other words, if we need to go win a game, I'm going to go sit Von Miller at that point for two young guys. Right. Maybe because Von's had a bad day. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. That guy's the guy's a living legend, and he's well, and, still got it. And the other side of that is, you know, he he alluded to the fact that he, you know, doesn't really expect to be rotated out much. And I would expect him to be rotated plenty during the game. Right. I don't. Like, he's going to play a lot, but at the same time, we're going to rotate a lot. But, again, you know, two-minute drill at the end of half or just straight up the fourth quarter. Right. I don't expect him to come off if it's close. Right. Right? If it's a blowout because we do have that potential, then whatever. You yeah. Keep on rotating. Keep everybody fresh. Yeah, we're stay, all happy. Stay, stay fresh. Stay healthy. But if it's a tight game, say we're playing the Chiefs and it's a 10-point game and they got the ball, you think Von Miller's coming off the field in the fourth quarter, even Sean McDermott? Right. Like, maybe for a blow because he just played five plays in a row and they're driving. Right. And then get back out there. Yeah. But uh, last but not least, it has come across my Twitter feed this morning. People are saying, in, people in Bill's Mafia, and you know I love the Mafia. Of course. But you know I also want to punch half of them in the face of with course. some of their stupid takes. It, it, it came across my Twitter feed today that we should, we would, we should 100% let Jordan Poyer walk and or trade Jordan Poyer to bring in Debo Samuel. Do you care? I mean, yeah, I care about that. That doesn't make any sense to just straight up lose an all-pro safety for an all-pro receiver. I mean, and I, I don't like our wide receiver room isn't super deep. It's still probably one of the comparatively speaking to how it has been the past couple of years, right? But it's still probably a top a top five right. receiver room. Now adding Debo, sure, but like, why would I want to add like what our seventh wide receiver, which means now. Kumro's on the out, so we just straight up probably have to like cut him. Right. Rejit, uh, you know, redo everything else on the defensive side of the ball. Move pieces around. Now we're looking for a safety and a corner. Right. So would you rather have three set pieces at least on your secondary going into the year, or two? And and that's my take on it. I I don't want to take a player away from currently our softest position or our softest group group to strengthen our strongest group. I also don't know if we have a. a backup who could step in and produce we have i mean we have a couple guys at both safety positions that can step in that you can fill a hole but this is the same thing as the but linebackers we were talking right. earlier it's, it's not a week. it's not a 17 game if they Phil. know if exactly if they know he's going to be there and know our scheme that's okay the the reason that our scheme works is because poyer and hyde along with trey are very smart yes the other team can know what they're doing right but they're good enough to make them wrong well, and you put an average NFL starter safety out there, and they know he's there. 
He's just not the same level of production slash anticipation, know-how, communication, the whole thing. Sure. And they can take advantage of that. They well, can exploit and, it. And it's the same thing. I mean, Levi Wallace, I don't think, was a bad corner. No. But he wasn't a stray. Right. Yeah. Like, he wasn't that top tier. So, like, why did he look so bad sometimes? Because they, they picked on him. Yes. Like, and why did they pick on him? Because the other guys are better. Like, that, that's, that doesn't that's, mean, that's the best option they have. Yeah. Like, it's, and it's not like this dude is sucked. He, he, he shouldn't be in the NFL. It's just well, if we're gonna go at somebody, that's the guy to go at. Yeah. Like, or it's so. got to be wide open, just you know, down the field. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, so I, I like the the do you care stuff. This is gonna yeah, be like probably that. something we we tack on to every episode now. But uh, appreciate you coming by, buddy. Of course, always it's a pleasure. A, you know, find happy we found time to carve a yeah. carve an hour out here and get it done, and uh, we'll get this up and posted asap. Uh, hats, tats, and stats part of the BACBP Radio Network. www.bacbp-radio.com. Like, follow, share, subscribe. Sign up. Find us on social media. Hats, tats, and stats podcast on Facebook at hts underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, tune in every week. We do this as often as we can, as close to every week as we can. And with that being said, on behalf of myself and big diesel we will catch you guys next week on hats tats and stats a championship caliber pro sports podcast based in buffalo new york go bills hats tats and stats podcast is brought to you in part by stinger sports stinger sports makes high quality fully sublimated uniforms and apparel that'll have your team looking as good as they play stop by their website stingerwoodbats.com today and get the professional gear you're looking for and use promo code tip of the cap all one word for 10 percent off your order Stinger Sports. Look great. Feel great. Play great. Hey, come on now. Here we go, bud. Let's go. Put the ball in play here. And a boy. Dig, 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 dig. What? Oh, my God. Man, can you believe that game ended on such a bad call? You know, I sure can, Coach. But you know what's never a bad call? Tuning into the Tip of the Cap podcast on the BICBP Radio Network. Western New York's first and only prep baseball podcast. Tune in on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or at www.bicbp-radio.com and check out all the action. It'll be the best call you've made all year.